Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purple Dinosaur Cast. Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Tyler Mine and Tony Masterson. Purple Dinosaur Cast. Dinosaur Podcast Tyler and Anthony Masterson Welcome to the Purple Dinosaur Podcast with Anthony Masterson and Tyler Mon. Enjoy the show. I don't know why we do a podcast about this team um because there is uh whoo, what we the did, hell we are we gonna best, talk about the best timing to always always the best timing oh man uh it's it is uh this is quite a baseball team to have uh built a whole podcast around Colorado <laughs> Rockies were four games under 500 as recently as uh June 1st they are now 10 games under 500 uh, as we record this on June 24th, they just got swept by their expansion team brethren from 29 years ago, the Miami Marlins, after sweeping a series from the San Diego Padres at home, where the Rockies have now beaten uh, in five straight overall uh, and have beaten in what, like 11 in a row at Coors Field? It's something ridiculous because the Padres are actually a decent team. I know they lost Machado, but they're fighting the Dodgers right now. Their starting rotation has been one of the best in baseball all year. They're a great defensive team. Can't hit with a lick besides yeah, they're Machado. They're one game but, uh, back. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, just take it five straight from the Padres, sure. Yeah, yeah it makes okay. total sense. Okay, okay. Um, and then get so, swept by the Marlins. Yeah, they and get swept also, by the Marlins. But also, they scored 14 runs in that series. When's the last time they scored 14 runs in a series in Miami? Yeah, that is a good like, point. A place they've never, ever scored or played and well. two one-run losses uh, in that yeah. series, 9-8 in the series opener, 3-2 in the series finale. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite a run for this uh, Colorado Rockies team as we welcome you into the latest edition of the Purple Dinosaur Podcast. My name is Tyler Mon. And my name is Anthony Masterson. And uh, yeah, we're probably not going to go super long uh, today because there's just really not that much compelling to talk about. So I last night I went to this uh, this alumni event for the College of Journalism and Mass Communications from Nebraska. The the dean happened to be out here for like another um, journalism convention. And so she um, got a thing together for alums. And so I went and I met this dude uh, also named Tyler. Super nice guy, big baseball fan. And uh, I, for some reason, mentioned to him, like, oh, yeah, I started this Rockies podcast a long time ago. And he was like, oh, man, what, like, what do you talk about right now? And I was like, we're recording tomorrow. So I'll let you know because yeah. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Because uh, there are just not a whole lot of good things going on with this team. Yeah. This team started 15 and 10. 
and yeah. they've gone 15 and 30 since. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> great. That's great. Um, <sighs> yeah, man, I, uh, I, I got to be honest with you. Over the last few weeks, my Rockies viewing has been uh, few and far between games. Yeah. I feel like you have tweeted 95% of our game watching this year because I – just haven't uh i haven't and and even then i'm i'm checking in and out yeah know? exactly um it's, um, it's, it's not like there's a lot to really be a gung-ho about and yeah. especially when the avalanche are doing what they're doing right now right like, exactly like there's there's enough things going on to divert your attention from yeah. a very uh, a feckless baseball team there's just nothing at all compelling about this team and i was i was texting with a uh another rockies um media member uh the other day and we were just talking about how like you know if they're gonna be bad and this is what we said at the beginning of the season they're gonna be bad at least do something to be compelling weird but fun yeah be be weird but fun that was the thing at the beginning of the year and right now it's like kind of cj crone is weird but fun But even like that is kind of like, he's just a guy who's not fun to watch away from Coors field for the most part, you know, he's hitting 358 with a 1097 OPS and 13 of his 17 homers and 39 of his 52 RBIs at home on the road. He's a 222, 277, 381 hitter with four homers. Um, So like, He's not interesting away from Coors Field. Like Chuck's been hitting a little bit. Yeah, Chuck's been. Rogers has been hitting a little bit. McMahon's been hitting a little bit lately. Yeah. Um, Man. The the (laughs) most exciting dude on this team somehow is like Jonathan Daza. (laughs) And Connor Joe. Who's no home runs. Yeah, no home runs. And Joe was like one extra base hit in the last three weeks. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, like even, you know, Rymac has really struggled, uh, Brendan Rogers after that, just abysmal start to the season. He has actually been pretty good. Uh, as you noted, I mean, his numbers, when you look splits wise, he started in April as an 078, 172, 098 hitter. Uh, and since then he had an 864 OPS in May and 830 OPS so far in June, um, you know, the power has started to come along. He had seven doubles and two homers in May. He's got seven doubles, two triples and four homers in June. So like, that's a bright side, I guess, but you know, it's the, it's the conversation that we would have had in like 2012 where it's like, even the good storylines on this team, like, what does it matter? Oh, and, and yesterday, like they, like Rogers had four hits. McMahon had two hits. Yeah. Like Rogers had three extra base hits. Elias Montero got a, a nice double, nearly hit his first home run. And they went one for 11 with Marson scoring position yep. and lost the game three to two. Kyle Freeland pitched, you know, seven innings, two runs, no walks. Like you, your, your number four hitter had four hits and three extra base hits. Yeah. Like, and you lose that game. And to you the lose Marlins? that game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it is a tale as old as time. The Rockies are dead, even at 500 at home, 19 and 19, they're 10 games under 500 on the road. You know, it's, uh, the run differential is the worst in the division. Uh, although it is by far not the worst in the national league, the Rockies have a minus 62 run differential. The Washington nationals are 113 game or 113 runs underwater. They've given up 405 runs. They've scored 292. They are also 18 games under 500 and 20 and a half back in the National League East. They're, they're we thought the rotation. Reds were going to be like, like historically yeah. bad. Their rotation, like because <laughs> we have the Nationals on our air tomorrow uh, as our part of our four games on Fox and FS1. Um, the, the Nationals starting rotation is giving allowing an 850 OPS. Good God. <laughs> like, Holy cow. Like that, that's just the rotation allowing an 850 OPS. Uh, for 
reference, only one player on the Rockies has an 850 OPS, and that's CJ Crone. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like the, the Nationals rotation is allowing everybody to be basically CJ Crone. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a that's a good way to win baseball games. And like not only that, but like you know, Juan Soto has been kind of a bummer. Like I know his OPS is near 800, but he just yeah, like, but like that's also not great for yeah, him. it's not great yeah. for him. Um, yeah. and you know, like Josh Bell is like their most promising uh, offensive piece right now, and they're just a team that doesn't score and gives up a ton of runs, and that's not going to add up to a lot of wins. Um, and you know, the Rockies are a team that like they're always going to score a, a good amount of runs, but even that this year is like they're dead middle of the pack. No, you know, they, and they don't they don't do anything well. No, they've given up the second most <laughs> runs in the National League. Um, it's just uh, yeah, there is not much on this team that you look at and you think like, OK, well, there is a positive. There are fleeting glimpses of positive things. Uh, you know, Kyle Freeland going yesterday and being good. Freeland's been pretty good his last few times out. Uh, but, you know, uh, Herman Marquez still has an ERA close to six and a quarter. Um and they just don't, you know, they had one good reliever in Tyler Kinley. He's done for the year. Um, you know, <laughs> the start of the season when it was like, you're looking at guys like, oh man, maybe, maybe Chad cool can provide him with a, a little bit of a boost and get him into a surprise playoff, but time block. He's an interesting piece. Like they just have nothing. I really like, feel like fleeting glimpses of positivity is a really good title for this. Podcast okay, episode. deal. That's a fleeting glimpses of positivity. Fleeting glimpses of positivity, um, which is also a uh, an outlook on life. Yeah, exactly. It's great. I don't even know <laughs> if they're uh, if those glimpses exist anymore. Uh, yeah, well, um, they're they're definitely fleeting. <laughs> but I just don't, you know. The thing that I was discussing yesterday with uh, the the guy who I met at this alumni event is that when we started the show, the Rockies were bad in 2014, but we got a chance to talk about what they had coming, you know, uh, they took John Gray. I think John Gray was the first round pick that year. Uh, you maybe. Know. Yeah. He was just coming to the, the system at that point. Just yeah. getting started. You know, they got Kyle Freeland. They drafted Brendan Rogers. They acquired Herman Marquez. Ryan McMahon was coming up. All of this talent that was on the way. Nolan was just making his big league debut and starting to become a, a big league contributor. Charlie Blackman was the same way. There were so many positive things to discuss with that team as they portended to the future. The thing now is, they don't really even have that. Um, you know, they've got, uh, according to our MLB.com rankings, they do have three top 100 prospects in baseball now. Yeah. But, you know, Zach Veen and Drew Romo are still three levels away. Both those guys are at high A. Ezekiel Tovar, everybody loves him now. He's one of the, the big helium prospects uh, here in 2022. He's been fantastic for Hartford, 332 average, 974 OPS. But, you know, he's 20 years old. If that guy gets to the big leagues, he's going to have some struggles. Uh, and it's also like, you know, are you, are you slapping a bandaid on for this team, like a corpse? Um, yeah. <laughs> like there's just, I don't, even if you get somebody like Ezekiel Tovar up here, you're so far away from being competitive, especially yeah. in this division. You're still like, gushing you, blood. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't even really get excited about that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's going to, it's, it's going to take the Rockies dumping some of the veteran guys at the deadline with. We all know yeah. they are so good at. Yeah, they're the they're the best team in baseball at getting rid of veteran guys at the deadline. That's all they do, they turn those things around <laughs> and they year. acquire good young talent. Like that's the bummer thing. Um, we have zero reason to believe. 
that they will do anything other. What Bill Schmidt showed us last year at the deadline was that he was totally open to acquiring players that he had drafted that Jeff Breidich had traded away. You know, they made yeah. like three deals for guys <laughs> who they had like, like Ben Bowden, I think was one of them. Jameson like, Hanna. Yeah, yeah. Jameson Hanna, like guys who he had drafted and obviously liked and Jeff Breidich had dealt uh, for, you know, as pieces of other deals. Like that was the only thing that Bill Schmidt seemed to care about last year. Um, and, you know, this time around, this is a Rockies team that should trade CJ Crone. That should, and, you know, I don't think they're going to get much traction in this, but we've been saying for like four or five years, they should look at deals for Charlie Blackman. Um, I don't know what else you do at this stage because I don't think, for the first time in a long time, I don't think there is a plan and I don't think there is a plan to make a plan. Like, I don't think that uh, Rocky's ownership at this stage cares anymore. They go through these waves where, you know, after the, the too low trade uh, and, and all the stuff with Dan O'Dowd resigning and uh, it for a while was a chapter of Rocky's history where Dick Monfort took a back seat tried to let his baseball people make calls on baseball things. Uh, and the Rockies ended up making the playoffs and back-to-back years for the first time in franchise history. And then Dick Montfort, seeing that the attention goes elsewhere, decides, well, I need to be more involved now because I need some spotlight. And now they're terrible. And another GM is out. Uh, the one who was hired is a guy who had zero experience in a job like this. And, uh, you know, I don't think that they are in a position where – Dick Montford is thinking about anything in terms of a competitive sense anymore. I think right now they're in the position where Dick Montford is in a, let me collect some revenue for a while sense. Well, that stuff, like, I don't know, because, you know, they did sign all the guys to extensions. It's not like there's not spending money. They signed Chris Bryant to a very ill-fated contract at this point, it seems like, but at the very least they're going out spending money. They, they, you know, they signed a lot of the guys that we enjoyed over the last few years, the young guys, the pitchers, Ryan McMahon, uh, to extension. So I, I don't know if it's not about not caring as much, but it's never been about that with the Rockies, usually Dick Monfort, especially it's never about not caring with Dick Monfort. It's about how he spends his money or how he chooses to have other people allocate his money, which he has no for talent whatsoever, especially when it comes to his front office. And so that's where we've run into problems over the last 10 years is that it's not that they don't spend money. It's that they don't spend money wisely. And if I were him right. and I'm it's funnier than I'm spending, you know, it's whatever it's actually not, but whatever, even though it's, it's not actually, you know, it's my money they're spending. I want to be, it to be spent in a way that is intelligent and helps me in some way. Instead, they go the exact opposite way most of the time and allow that money to be spent by people who have no clue what they're doing. Yeah. There's just not a lot to be, uh, <laughs> excited about or interested in with this team. And that's the frustrating thing because in, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016, it looked as though they were building towards something right now. They are so rudderless. Um, And yeah, they've locked down some pieces and given out some extensions to, to Marquez and Senzatella and Freeland and uh, McMahon guys who have pretty much sucked this year. Yeah. And (laughs) you know, and the frustrating is unfortunate, but you know, it it is what it is. And the frustrating thing too, is, you know, (laughs) you're simultaneously a team that does those things, but the most popular homegrown player of your last decade of existence, you traded away along with $50 million to the St. Louis Cardinals, just to like bring in a guy who is somewhat similar to him for a ton of money two years later. And so when you try to act like you're a franchise that's serious about building because, Oh, well, look at the other guys that we signed to extensions. 
Yeah, but you, at the same time, you ran the best version of those guys out of town and you've done nothing to complement the pieces that you have locked down for a while. So yes, yeah, they, they got, nothing for Trevor's story, nothing for right. John Gray, letting right. him walk. Yeah. Um, you know, you love Ryan McMahon, you love Kyle Freeland, you love the guys who you have enjoyed watching grow over the last few years. That's great. And that's fine. And it's fun to still have them around, but there's nothing else around them to help this team compete or to help this team be respectable. Um, and that is just brutal. You know, it's, yeah, it's uh, that's what drives you nuts about this. Well, team. And we said for a long time, that the worst thing that can happen to a Rockies franchise with their fan base, especially the fan base that we've not that we've cultivated necessarily, but that we yeah. found when yeah. we started this, uh, this podcast, we sent the intelligent Rockies fan, which didn't, we didn't know existed until we started this podcast. Um, the worst part about that they can have possibly if you're Dick Montford is apathy. Yeah. And I'm sensing with all the people that we have had following us for the last eight years since we started yeah. this podcast and the, the core group of people that we've, uh, you know, been become friends with and all the time over the last eight years, there is a lot of apathy yes. right now with all of those people. Yes. I'm not a, not a single one of those people is like, yeah, you know what though? I think we can, I think we can turn it around. No, yeah. it's just, it's accepting that they're going to suck and there's not a lot of hope for the future. And this that's is, the biggest problem that Dick Moffat's going to have going forward. This is the most apathetic um, that I remember seeing Rockies fans ever. Especially um, with the abs doing what they're doing. Yes. Uh, especially with, with the, the Broncos being back now with the quarterback finally. Right. Like, they, the Nuggets are a team that are going to have Rockies everybody healthy had, next year. They, they had their moments. The Rockies yeah. did. They had their moment in the Denver sports scene yep. to really come and become a factor once again. The Broncos were bad. The Nuggets weren't quite there. The Avs were really bad when the Nuggets, when the Rockies were going to the playoffs in 17 yeah. and 18, one of the worst teams in the league those years. And now here we are again. The Rockies yeah. are going to be fifth, like <laughs> in, in the hierarchy in Denver sports. Like, yeah. like it's like the, the Broncos are back. The Avs could be champions after tonight. The Nuggets are going to be a full force next year. Um, you know, for the freaking the Mammoth just won the NLL. Like, I mean, yeah. come on, like the Rapids were the top seed. They won yeah, the regular the Raps, season Raps conference title last year. Were the one seed in the MLS yeah. last year. Like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Rocky, and you know, it's similar to 2008. You know, the Rockies had their moment. You make a World Series. You've got a fun, likable young group of guys to build around. It's like the Rockies are a turtle that pokes its head out of the shell and looks around and goes, "Nah, I'm not ready for this." 2008 was the same exact way. You're coming off of going to the World Series. You got all these dudes to build around, and you collapse spectacularly in 2008. Uh, you fire your manager in 09. You make a run to the playoffs. 2010, you're an even better team. Don't make the playoffs. And then it's just like they gave up, you know? And they're like, well, I guess it's never going to happen. Yeah, then. Like, we did fine. And it's also like it's so amusing because Dick Monfort came out a few years ago and said like, oh, we should be a team that strives to make the playoffs two out of every five years, which like <laughs> – when you're a guy who inherited everything in your life and that's your measure of success, like that seems kind of fitting, I guess. Right. Um, but to be, uh, <laughs> to come out and say that, take the heat that he took for saying it. And now beyond the verge of 19, 20, 21, 22, they're not making the playoffs next year. So that's going to be five straight years with zero playoff appearances. Like I don't, I mean, I do know how this guy, you know, looks himself. He just doesn't care. And, that's sort of the reality that we inhabit, but 
it's just amusing to me that you could lay out such a low bar for success and then not even sniff it yeah. the next five years. <laughs> like you lay out the lowest possible bar and then it's like you didn't even get off the ground to try to approach that bar despite how low it was. No, it's like if you're a like a soccer team in Europe in one of those leagues and like and you know you're not going to be competing with like, you know, the Man Cities and the Chelsea's right. and all that stuff. Like Wolverhampton. Right. You're just like, you know what? Like I'm crap on my wolves, man. Like, listen, if we can make Champions League or or your or Europa League, one of the European leagues, once every decade, yeah. great. And yeah. and your fans are like, yep, that's, that's what we're looking for because that'd be amazing. So we can't spend like like the the Russian oligarchs that own Chelsea. We can't spend like them. So yeah, if we get lucky one year and we get a some a great team and we can make Europa League one year every decade, like yeah, great. And, that, and, and yeah. keep working with that. But that's not how it is in Major League Baseball. Like, yeah. y- you should be able to compete if you try. And you just have to try. <laughs> really? I mean, kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. You and just they, gotta have to try. The, the yeah. worst thing that ever happened to this team was 2007 because Dick Montfort could lie back on the, well, you know, it's, uh, we put all of our eggs into that basket. We made it to the World Series once. It didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. He can simultaneously say, like, it's possible that it can happen here, but also look at what it took for us to get there and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, the other worst thing that happened was the the Mike Hampton and Denny Nagel signings because when one thing goes wrong, this franchise is great to point at it and use it as a, a crutch to never attempt anything like that again. Right. Um, the There's no accountability. You know, I mean, that's the thing about this franchise is that uh, when you have an owner who is in good with the other owners, um, who is uh, Teflon when it comes to criticism here, and who has an iron fist that he can rule the franchise and its past and future fortunes with, you know, there's there's nothing that suggests that anything is going to change. Um the only thing last year that made it seem like things were going to change was when Jeff Breidich resigned and there was an immediate laughing stock moment for the Rockies nationally. Dick Montford, I think got spooked by that, but he just waited it out, man. It's the, it's the bad politician playbook where it's just like, well, whatever this controversy, people have an attention span of 12 seconds. This will be gone soon. I won't have to worry about it. And he did remember, I mean, you know, not to single anyone out, but the whole, like my sources, the Rockies are definitely going outside the organization to hire a GM. It's not going to be the same, but it was the exact same. They just waited everybody out. Yep, That's what this team does. And the frustrating thing is, they are back in this mode of, well, we'll see what we can do with the cards that were dealt instead of just like trying to get other cards, you know, like you have a GM who has no interest in making moves, no interest in doing anything to make the team better. It seems. Um, And you have an owner who, you know, as history would suggest, put a guy in that position because he knew that he could rely on him to, to fall in line. Um, like it's, you know, there's just nothing really that gives you a lot of optimism without realizing that you're the one holding the cards. Like you're the dealer. Right. Right. Exactly. You can deal as many cards as you possibly want. 
Yeah. This is not out of your hands. Like, yes. Is it difficult to compete in uh, in a certain division? Is it difficult to compete in a certain league? You cannot tell us that a world in which the Tampa Bay Rays inhabit the same division as the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees and regularly win divisions and pennants. Uh, you can't tell me that that same world also is a place where the Colorado Rockies cannot be competitive. Yeah. And yes, I know Coors Field and altitude and blah, blah, blah. makes it all different. If you were to put the Rays front office from the last decade here, they would figure something out well, because they, they want to figure something they out. They kind of tried that, didn't they? Yeah. Did they, Super cool. Didn't they go in hire one of the, the key guys from the Rays front office last September and then the guy walked away Super before cool. even a game had played because he couldn't work in this environment? Because he, uh, yeah. Uh, it was not explained to him in the, in the interview and hiring process that like, oh yeah, by the way, um, nothing is actually going to change here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by so, the way, everything enjoy. you used to do. Yeah. You can't do any of that. You here. can't do all that anymore. In fact, you can't do any of it. Um, so that's fun. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really quite a time. Uh, there's just like, you know, when I get the notification of like Rockies at Marlins about to start, I just, normally it would be like, all right, I'm going to flip this on now. I'm like, uh, I don't. I is there like an old Bourdain episode on that I can watch? Can I like, you know, how many times am I going to see this one Office episode? It's better. Yeah, like, uh, oh, oh, who's pitching? Oh, it doesn't matter at all. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's all fun and good. Um, and if you came here for optimism today, well, you should know <laughs> well, better I mean, by now. Come on, yeah, you should absolutely. Come know on, Sean and Az. Um, so, uh, what we are going to do to try to get our heads out of some of this is uh, a little bit of ask PDP. We haven't done it in a while and, uh, we're going to maybe toss in an ad here. Uh, and then, uh, John Snodgrass is on the other side to kick us off with ask PDP. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. questions I have an answer for you go get your questions ask the purple dynacast ba-da, ba-da, ba-da Our good man, John Snodgrass, who is uh, on Twitter and uh, I believe is has been touring. Uh, yeah. has been touring. Uh, he is in or is going to Europe. Um, I can't remember if he's with Mikey already. Erg, I believe. Yeah, which is uh, by the way, if you if you hear really really heavy breathing in the background, um, creepy. That's just my dog. Wow, your dog sounds weird. Um, uh, so uh, hundred degrees here, and yeah, we went for a walk before the uh, for the podcast, and then she just wanted to go lay outside in the sun, even though ah, she is a cool. uh, double coated husky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the type of dog who thrives in sunny Southern California. Yeah. Oh, she uh, she loves it. She's a that's lizard. Good. Yeah. That's good. So that's, um, so she's very hot. 
as happens at a big dumb dumb yeah um aren't we all uh we we solicited your queries for ask pdp this week and uh we're gonna kick them off and we're going to kick them off with a question submitted by our good buddy brad galley at bradical galley who by the way does um weekly comedy shows at sushi high in the highlands that you should check out uh you can find brad on twitter you can find him on instagram um you should check out brad's shows they're fantastic and uh he asked a question and then longtime fan slash friend of the pdp melissa davlin responded and said please answer this question pdp so we have to answer jeez, jeez all right so <laughs> okay over here here we go if yeah. you had to pick one Rockies player to try to score a shootout goal, who would it be? And if you had to pick one Avs player to try to get a base hit, who would that be? I'm going to go with Kyle Freeland. Okay. I think he's live enough. Okay. I think he's been around enough. He's he's a cold-weather guy. Yeah. Um, been Denver guy, of course. Um, I think that he has the ability to skate, knows what he's doing, and I think he could do it. Okay. I actually probably would have picked Freeland too. Um, cause yeah, he's a guy who grew up in the Avs era here. I'm I'm assuming yeah. at some point Kyle Freeland strapped on the old roller blades and was That's out, you I'm know, saying. near TJ yeah. and playing roller hockey. Um, so yeah, I think I would go with Kyle Freeland too. And I think we're both gonna pick the same Av as well. Ooh, uh Kale McCarr because he can do anything. Oh, okay. I was gonna say Nathan <laughs> McKinnon because he can do anything. Oh. Um, and I know we've talked when they've been in the playoffs before. Nathan McKinnon just has that the look and feel of a guy who like you could throw out at any position in baseball and he would pick it up in like five yeah. minutes. You know what I mean? Like the the money ball scene, like it's not hard. Tell him Walsh. It's incredibly, it's incredibly hard. hard. Um, yeah. I think Walsh would be very pleased with uh with Nathan McKinnon's work at first base. He's not the yeah. world's biggest target over there. Um Kale McCarr is another great one though. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think he could, you know, bunt for something. Um, yeah. I, I, at some point, we also can't count out Nazem Kadri. I yeah, mean, that is true. Like he, he could do, I think, anything at this point. And I feel like you know, Miko Rantanen's a guy who he tips in enough goals that the the eye, the hand eye coordination to get tips, that's got to be good for hitting. Right, I would think. Right, you know, you would think. They've got a lot of options. Let's put it this way. There's a lot more options on the abs that I would trust on the Rockies than Rockies that I would trust on the abs. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not sure like Herman Marquez could yeah. go down the ice and I, you know, I don't know. How, I don't know how much I'd trust Charlie Blackman on skates, you know, although I don't know. He's an outdoorsman. Yeah, yeah. It's possible that he knows. It's, um, I guess it's possible. So it kicks off this week's edition of SPDP. <laughs> it's a good one. Good uh, let's see. Um, uh, another uh, another Av one here um, from our pal uh, at uh, Colorado Zebo. Uh, if you were Gabe, who on the team do you pass the cup to first? Of course, this is all uh, based on the Avalanche winning the cup at some point within the next which they uh, what, can six days tonight. They can uh, tonight, which would be amazing. Um, man, see what's weird about this Avs team is they have two players who have been on a Stanley Cup final team. There's only two players. Um, Nobody else has been on a cup final team, but really like nobody else, you know, there's no Ray Bork story on this team, which like, it's so weird to look back at that, that 2000, 2001 abs team because Ray Bork was the oldest by far. And I think there's only like one other player on that roster that is, was older than I currently am now, you know? And like Ray Bork was like, he was like father time when they acquired him. I was like, good God, look at this dude. His beard is gray. And now I have a gray beard. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like if you want to do something like that, like, I guess, I mean, Jack Johnson's been around. Yeah, Jack Johnson's. God knows how long. And, yeah. And 
Like, but I guess he he technically probably got a ring because he was on the the Kings team in twelve, but he got uh, traded right, midseason. Right. Um. Yeah. That's I think true. he got a ring, but he didn't wasn't in the on the cup. Like Cogliano's yeah. old too. He's been around forever. Like, you know, I mean, my vote would go to Eric Johnson. Like he's either with the abs for a yeah, long he has been time. in the with the abs forever and has seen a lot of down days as well yeah. as a lot of good days. Um, if we are if we're keeping it with like you know recent abs history, um, I think Nazem Kadri's the guy, <sighs> right? I mean, because he's the only dude who has been subjected to racist uh hate attacks um this year with his team. Uh, he broke his friggin' hand in the conference final and then is back like, by game four of the Stanley Cup final. Shot, yeah, on a by cheap the way, shot. From one of the biggest puds in the league. Yeah, yeah. like that dude has been through so much, and he's not going to be back next year. Um, right, yeah, you know, I mean, that yeah. dude's been through so much, and uh, and not just this year, but like in his career, Nazem Kadri's had a much longer road to you know whatever he is now, twenty eight. Uh, he's thirty one actually. Which I is thought he, he was really? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like what the only like what openly Muslim player in yeah, the, the NHL? Yeah, the only Muslim was, player right? in the NHL. Yeah. Um like, openly Muslim, like it's some like I mean, yeah, whatever. Like that didn't I knew what like you meant. That. I knew what you <laughs> meant. Like publicly, you know, he's a he's a guy who yeah. people um he is unapologetic for who he is, as he should be. Yeah. Um, and you know, hockey, you know, just like baseball, just like football, you know, basketball to an extent. Hockey has uh issues with diversity um in in very loud ways and somebody like Nazem Kadri provides uh a lot of light and hope to kids who uh look up to him from the communities that he hails from um whether it's being a muslim whether it's being a, a player of color in the NHL um but for what that dude has been through this year he would be my pick um that's yeah that's good you call. know it's i think he and that sends the biggest message about what this team was about this year too yeah, so that's who I would go with. That's a pretty good one. Like, didn't Eric Johnson pass? Like, is he like the most like tenured Avalanche player of all time, or something like that? Yeah, now? something crazy like that. Like, I, I, which I couldn't believe when I saw that. It was I don't remember the exact if it was like since they moved to Denver or what. But like, yeah, I mean, he's been there since 2010. That is nuts. Like, that is nuts. Good God! Yeah, I really had no idea he'd been there for that long. Yeah. Um. I also uh just as a random complaint. Uh, the other day, ESPN had a graphic where they showed Joe Sackick and listed his uh, the seasons of his career as just being with Colorado. It was like spent however many seasons oh, in the yeah. NHL with Colorado, and I was like, "Hey, eh, spent well, it was with Quebec also. Like that's not the I know it's the same franchise, but it's not the same yeah. team." He was definitely there in, in Quebec. Um, the other one who I think you turn and hand it to Howler. You know. What if like, the, the lights go dark and all of a sudden the spotlight <laughs> shines on the on the penalty box and all of a sudden Howler's just there in the penalty box? <laughs> no one saw him enter the penalty box. He had to get there from the ice. No one saw him come onto the ice. No, it's uh, that's he the just, mystery. He just appeared yeah. from the floor in the in Ball Arena. It's the mystery center in Ball uh, Arena, and he's just there. And all of a sudden, Gabe turns around and goes, "This one's for Howler." <laughs> I uh Kyle Clark has taken on our cause of, oh, uh, sure of has. resurrecting Howler and after every yeah. Avs win now in the Stanley Cup final he has been tweeting cryptic things about Howler and he in his most recent tweet said something along the lines of like soon he thinks it'll be time to go to a parade and I quote tweeted it and said if the actual Howler costume shows up at the parade I will spontaneously combust on the spot 
Oh, <laughs> that will be the be? end of me. God, how great um, would that be? And God, it would be the greatest. Um, the, and there's a there's a howler related question from uh, our buddy Mark at CO Rocks too, and he says, "Quote: Howler versus Dinger, bare knuckle cage match. Who you got? Who emerges I, victorious?" I mean, it's pretty obvious considering the actual howler was taken out of commission for beating up a Black in Hawks part fan. for beating up a fan <laughs> of uh, the Chicago hockey team. Which, yeah. you know, uh, probably deserved it. If you missed all of this, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I tweeted uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago that if the Avs won the Stanley Cup, um, I should be able to do an in-depth investigative journalism piece for next on Nine News with Kyle Clark. Uh, and one of their reporters, Steve Stager, who fills in as a, as a host uh, for Kyle Clark, who is actually a Detroit guy um, and grew up a Red Wings fan. Steve Sager did that actual deep dive and he found the actual uh, fan uh, who was sporting a Chicago Jersey that day, a woman whose name I can't remember now. Lisa, right? Yeah. Lisa sounds right. He actually tracked her down. She lives in Florida now. And he said like, uh, she answered the phone. He asked like, is this Lisa, whatever her name is. And she said, yeah. And he said the same one who got in a fight with a Colorado avalanche mascot uh, in 1999. And he said there was a long pause. And then she said, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so they like did the whole story. So Howler evidently was like he was wandering around uh an outdoor space or maybe part of the concourse of McNichols Arena and he had like rolled up posters and he was bonking people on the head with him and she's wearing a Chicago jersey her boyfriend I guess was from Chicago or something and as Howler came up to bonk her on the noggin with a poster she shoved him <laughs> and howler shoved her back which is like i'm pretty sure that's like that is day one lesson at mascot school yeah, it's like if somebody messes with you do not fight them back this isn't an adam sandler movie um but yeah so then they they like got in a scuffle they got separated by denver police and they were like taken to like separate, holding separate rooms cells yeah. in nickel yeah. <laughs> and uh i think she declined to press charges but Here's the salacious thing. So that was 1999. 2001, Howler is dismissed as the Avalanche mascot. and Very unceremoniously. Unceremoniously. Under the rug. No no news about it. No release. You know, no nothing. Um, But we have heard a story similarly to a story that we also heard uh, when we were both working for the the Myrtle Beach Pelicans in South Carolina, (laughs) that there may be some sort of sex tape involving somebody in the Howler costume. And we have heard that uh, secondhand from a, a friend of the PDP who Listen, knows somebody who was in the there. Avs front office at the time. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> who hasn't? Who hasn't hijacked an NHL mascot costume and, you know, had, had some uh, extracurricular activities? Um, but, uh, yeah, man, save Howler. He's more than served his time. It's been <laughs> 21 years. Yeah, I mean, do we really need to to go more into the the story about the no. <laughs> the uh, potential sex tape of Howler? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I, I don't really want to know more details about it, to be honest. Um, like, did they cut a hole down there? I don't get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know, like, like how do you? Uh, it, no, it's creepy. I'm not gonna. No. Um. So go so it's obviously <laughs> Howler. Obviously, I mean, in this question, listen. But my 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 question in follow up to this is: Mark says bare knuckle cage match. Now, does that mean human hands? Are we taking the the literal mascot gloves off, or is it just the mascot hands? Because I think Howler had hockey gloves on. So I guess first we have to figure out: Are there you know actual Howler hands? 
under the howler gloves. I mean, um, there has to be, right? It has to be, I would think, right? <laughs> I, I mean, well, again, this is a uh, howler is someone who was prone to fights yep. already. Yep. I, I don't think, I think Dinger would turtle. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think, I think so he, he would claw them you. Dinger's you know? Dinger's physique is also not good for fighting. Dinger's Dinger's got that well, Jason Jennings body, you he know. He does, but it's also it's difficult to to reach the the head then because you're fighting the body. So right, you're that's fight true. That bastard. That's true. Awesome yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, you have a long reach, which I think Howler has a long. Yeah, I think reach, Howler does. He, like Howler's much more live. Howler's just a uh, somebody in my in my Twitter mentions the other day compared him to a mascot Chris Simon. Remember Chris Simon on that first oh, yeah. Avs Cup team? Yeah, for sure. Like, hell yeah, he's just like a fourth yeah. line grinder. He's like that's, that's beating up other mascots. I've not thought about that guy in a long. Me time. neither. I had totally yeah. forgotten about Chris Simon. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's I'm taking I'm taking Howler. By the way, the uh, uh, we uh, I got something from a guy at work of like a. Uh, poster you can hang in your wall or whatever like a or like a some kind of photo thing like an animation of dinger like he got it from work in a raffle and it was like Amazing. i don't i don't care about this Amazing. and he's like i know i know one person who likes the rockies like, yeah he gave it to me and he was like maybe your son will like it and i was like sure you have and to we, post we, that on the tweets we, we, we packed it all up and then brought it out found it in the house like oh let's put it up in the kids room and the first thing my son saw said when he saw the the poster on the wall was dinosaur monster <laughs> it's, and he's like, not wrong and we're like i was like no that's dinger he's like no big dinosaur monster <laughs> we're like oh like oh he is okay. a monster. Like, yeah i mean you're, you're not wrong kid like, it is monstrous that we live in a world where dinger is allowed to exist and howler is not well and also this howler is, has like, been he, canceled he's, he, he's slept with like a, a rocky's bear like a rocky's teddy bear that i i had when i was you know eight that we got just to have like you know around the house like okay had that forever and he sleeps with it in his crib now which so i was like oh he maybe he'll like dinger the dinosaur because he loves dinosaurs yeah and, you know like and it's like no not a big dinosaur monster he's a monster he doesn't hate it he does not like scared of it he just yeah. sees and, goes, and points it goes big dinosaur monster it's just not a it's not a cuddly thing for yes. him i get it no. right i get it um, we, uh, we also got a bunch of questions, um, which are, you know, very much themed for the day. We were recording this on June 24th of 2022, uh, from, will probably live in infamy for, uh, for a minute from, uh, Mike Flick. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with everything from Adam Busack? Is there anything left to look forward to in life? Uh, from, uh, our good pal Broncos Reddit is today, the happiest day of Dick Monfort's life. I mean, the Rockies haven't lost yet in front of like 40,000. So, you know, we'll see. Um, there is uh, one true baseball question and we sort of addressed it earlier. Uh, but from our, uh, our other good buddy, uh, Alex Waterfield, uh, he asks, quote, will the Rockies move CJ Crone of the deadline? But then his more important question is quote, is a corn dog sushi if a hot dog is a taco, so first things first, CJ Crone. No, he's, he's probably sticking. It. Listen, like, yeah, like it, let's a, a perfect world where the Rockies are actually going to try to accomplish things and move pieces at the deadline for a, a rudderless baseball team. Yeah. CJ Crone's gone. Uh, Jose Iglesias is gone. Yep. Charlie Blackman. If you can get someone to take the contract yep. um, gone, uh, Chad cool should be gone. Uh, Daniel Bard. Alex Colomay should be gone. But again, this is the Rockies we're talking about. They don't do that and they never will. Yep. Um, uh, uh, until we have proof otherwise, 
we have to believe that they are not going to do anything because yeah. that is just their entire nature. Yeah, that's um, that's it in a nutshell. Like the the Rockies have never proven otherwise. And so until they do, we're stuck believing like, that like there they, is no they chance. They have pieces that they yeah. should move. Exactly. Absolutely. That's the thing. If you like, were a front office that wanted to build something quickly, uh, you could spin some of these pieces and turn them into talent. Um, yeah. You may not build a division winner just from dealing these guys away, but no, you would God, certainly, no. yeah. you would bump where your, your stock is uh, in your system. And, you know, the Rockies don't have a lot right now coming up in that system. But, yeah, they're not going to do anything. Yeah, if you don't think C.J. Crone could get a couple of decent prospects for a for a desperate team at the deadline, like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really could be. It should be what it, what the case is. And yeah, uh, with, with a normal team, yeah, that would that would be the case. But that Correct. is not the case with this franchise. They are not a normal team and never have been. And never very much not. Be. Very much. Um, but the second thing here is um, this is a real question. Uh, and I am intrigued by it in the the wording. Is a corn dog sushi if a hot dog is a taco? But like a, but my word okay. Doesn't the wouldn't that mean that the hot dog has to be raw? Right. That I mean that's that's what I would think. I mean, because yeah. listen, like, yeah, the hot dog's raw when you put it on the stick and then you dip it in the batter and then you fry it, but like I mean. And, and inherently, a hot dog is already processed anyway. Right. Correct. Right. So true. It, it, I guess. True. But like, it's also cooked. If anything, yeah. it's tempura. Yeah, that's. I think that's a better. Yeah. Does it qualify as sushi under the banner of tempura? Because then I think we could say yes. Sure. Now yes. that is all assuming that you agree that a hot dog is a taco. Um, which, you know, there's obviously a much better point to be made for that than a hot dog being a sandwich because the bread is, is one continuous piece. Yeah. But like, um, I also think like a, a taco has got to be a tortilla at some point on the outside. Correct. I mean, is, isn't that like inherently what it has to be? True. Like I understand it's, it's meat inside of a wrapping, but like, does that mean like a gyro is a taco? Like, no. Does it mean that a, uh, a wrap is a burrito? Cause I would not say it is. So yeah. that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, it's uh man, these are these are good questions. Yeah. Um and I now I'm just hungry and want <laughs> Come on, man, let me just have some. Um yeah, I uh you know, it's uh it's these are the things we have to distract ourselves from the world with. Um I mean, yeah, I mean listen, like if if you're a an avalanche fan who believes that women should like have rights, um it could be a real roller coaster day yeah, for you. Today is going to be a wild day. It could be a real roller coaster. <laughs> this was definitely one of those days where I was like, I'm going to do my best to not look at the internet. Oh, uh, yeah. Today. No, it's not, um, it's, it's not a day for that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is something. Um, all right. So, our final one is from uh, a guy who I have really just loved following on Twitter ever since I followed him, but John the Napist at John the Napist. Uh, Mr. Unlimited on Twitter. He says, quite simply, ads are lightning tonight. Who's getting it in game five? I mean, listen, it's it's been what, 20 years since they have closed out a series at home, right? Yep. Or something, something something stupid like that, yep. right? Wasn't it like the Western Conference Finals in, in 01? Or, uh, they I, won I, I, the I, cup I, I, at I, I, home in 01. Um, uh, the, the cup, game seven was at home in 01. Okay. Then, um, they won the 96 really cup on the road. That's right. Yeah. Could it really be that long since they've won a series of them? I know it's, some, it's been so long, obviously they have not won a lot of series anyway, but like it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, it would be really, really nice for every, in every possible way for them to it win would be the very series cool to win it tonight. It would be very cool. 
Um, and I mean, to beat a team like that in five games would be stunning. You know, I didn't think there was any chance they were going to sweep them. Um, and game three showed, you know, just how good Tampa can be. Um, but for all the whining about the too many men thing in game four, like, you know, for John Cooper to have come out and been like, we'd still be playing right now. Like my dude, you got crushed in overtime that like of the 12 minutes that they played in overtime, I feel like the abs were in the offensive zone for 11 minutes and 48 seconds. You know, it's the thing like you, you were, you were on the road in game four, you gave up a goal in the first 30 seconds. Yeah. After getting blown out in game three, they got outshot go- a, 17 to four with, with a goalie period. controversy. Yeah. Basically, right? In coming out of game three. So at that point, you're like, oh shit, this they could win four straight now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're yeah, like, oh shit. Like, especially after the Vegas series last year. Right. You know, you're like, oh shit, it's over. And yeah. then, and then you come back from that. Yep. You, like, Kemper played really well, given really the words well. due in that game. You, you got the shots back even at one point. And then you dominated the last two periods. Yeah. Like th- that. Like, like every time that you think this team could start folding because they have in the past, they never seem to. Yeah. And it's incredible. Like, listen, they've what they're 15 and three <laughs> like this postseason. Insane. And I feel like every single game I've been like, Oh, well here it is. Every time they, they give up a goal, I'm like, well, it's over. They're going to lose now. Like yeah. they're 15 and three this postseason. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we still you still have that feeling of like, oh god, here it comes. Here we go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but like if I saw another team that was 15 and 3, I'd be like, oh well, they're, they're just the that team is unbeatable. Ball. That team's unbeatable. Like, how yeah. are you gonna beat them? It is nuts, man. And uh <laughs> very weird to host a podcast about the Colorado Rockies when there is so much excitement for all of the other teams in town. And uh this one is firmly like on, said, the, the, on mammoth, the wrong side. The mammoth just won the, the mammoth the won a championship. Yeah. Oh boy, it's it's really something. Um, but we will uh, we'll be back to discuss more things Colorado Rockies uh, maybe at some point. Um, <laughs> you can get your Purple Dinosaur podcast hat still uh, and T-shirts at decoapparelco.com. And if you're somebody tuned in in the Denver area tomorrow morning, so Saturday, June 25th, for the first time. I'll have a deco stand at a, uh, a little farmer's market. Oh, look at you. The University Hills uh, Farmer's Market on Colorado and Yale. Swing on by. I believe it's from nine to one, I want to say. But yeah, I'll be out there slinging, you know, shirts and hats and uh, and all kinds of stuff. So um, hopefully you'll be very hungover. I was going to say, uh, from, hopefully we'll uh, be a celebration. Uh, hopefully we'll have a, a picture of the uh, the championship design T-shirt, which I've, I've got mocked up. That would be very cool. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll be taking pre-orders for that. So, yeah. you know, we'll have some fun. And, uh, yeah, that's all. Uh, we're going to we're gonna bid farewell. Uh, he's Anthony. I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you whenever we do the next one. Go, <laughs> Abs, go. <laughs> go, Abs. Go, Abs. Go. Bye. Bye. Bye.